Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey friends, thanks for joining a podcast. I want to tell you about something really new and exciting called patreon.com slash BP show. It's a great way to get uh, exclusive interviews with newsmakers, voicemails, personalized videos, political commentary, and early access to a special podcast called The Making of Bernie Sanders. Go to patreon.com slash BP show, patreon.com slash BP show. you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Yeah, well, finally, we know who our friends are in the United Nations. Uh, they include uh, Togo, the Marshall Islands, Honduras, Palau, <laughs> all those big world powers. <laughs> uh, by the way, all the nations that will be underwater uh, a year from now. Good morning, everybody. What do you say? Hello, everybody, I should say. It is a Friday. I'm not used to doing the show on a Friday. So, yes, uh, it's not an hallelujah if I'm here. It is Friday, December 22nd. And Friday. Your favorite day around the Bill Press show. I, I Not think mine. it's special that you were here to celebrate the uh, uh, the story of Christmas, the Christmas miracle that everybody knows. Not the story of the birth of Jesus Christ, but the fact that we got you in here on a Friday. <laughs> I know. That's a that you actually day. came to work on a Friday. <laughs> it is a true Christmas miracle. <laughs> that is a Christmas miracle. Yes, indeed. But I can't tell you how happy I am to be here. <clears throat> Not. <laughs> no, I didn't want to uh, be missing on this last chance to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and a Happy Holidays uh, and whatever. As Kinky Friedman says, may the God of your choice bless you. Right. By the way, I just want to make a quick uh, mention, and we'll mention this again later on the show. Next week, we are on Best of, but we have a lot of brand new mm-hmm. stuff that we haven't put out yet yeah. that it's we not, tape just for you. It's not Best of old stuff. Right. right? right. A little old, but Best of new stuff just put together for next week for to, uh, you know, keep in touch with you. Yeah. It's the all. best of the new and the old. It's a perfect mixture. Yeah. It really is. So don't tune out just because it's Christmas week. What are you exactly. Gonna, what are you going to do? You talk to your family? No. Yeah. Listen to the, listen to the show. There are there are uh, there's a segment on weed and there's a segment on beer. That's all you need to know. Happy holidays. I'm not going to tell you when they are. You got to tune in. You got to tune in all week. <laughs> all right, you got it. So we got lots going on today with a lot of great guests. Uh, Graham Vice from the New Republic is going to be here. Brad Woodhouse from uh, Project Our Care. Uh, and uh, every time I turn around, Brad has a new job. Uh, and hustles. Uh, our good friend, Evan McMorris-Santoro from Vice News. And we look forward to hearing from you. Your comments on the news of the day, including that embarrassing UN vote yesterday. But first... 
This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. Well, yesterday I told you about how Apple has confirmed that they are slowing down their phones. They specifically slow down uh, and screw up the battery life of your old phone once they release a new model. Well, uh, there are some people who are very upset about it. For example, Stefan Bogdanovich and Dakota Spees, they are two people in California. Well, yesterday they filed a lawsuit with the district court in the Central <laughs> District of California accusing Apple of slowing down their older phone mo- iPhone models when the new models come out. So they said that they uh, said that the, the lawsuit states uh, Apple purposely slowing down older iPhone models when comes to new, when new models come out and failing to properly disclose that at the time of the parties entered into an agreement so that Apple should have told their users that we're going to slow down their phone. I'm pissed, man. I'm, I'm really pissed. You know, it really strikes me as a ver- for a very good company and a very smart company as a stupid move. They're piss- pissing stupid. off all so many of their customers because, you know, what percentage have the newest phone? Yeah, right. Right. I mean, you, if you get a phone, you assume you're going to keep it for a couple of years anyway, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, it is our last live show of the year. So what was the biggest story of the year? Well, the Associated Press put out a poll of U.S. editors and news director and d- directors, and the number one story of the year was? Charlottesville. The P-tape. The <laughs> Still not the P tape, and not Charlottesville. The wave of sexual misconduct allegations that took down oh, Hollywood yeah. power yeah. brokers, actors, yeah. politicians, <laughs> media icons. That's the biggest story of 2017. The number two story was, as they just described it, Donald Trump's tumultuous first year as president, which includes sexual harassment which charges, sexual harassment, and charges. which he could, should lose his job for too. On TV and online, this is the Bill Press Show. Yes, indeed, we got a lot of friends in the UN. Big vote yesterday. We lost 128 to nine. Yeah, and I dare you to find the nine countries that voted for us on the map. <laughs> First of all, some of them are not above water, <laughs> or put it the other way, some of them are underwater. What do you say, folks, on this Friday? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the program. December 22nd, it is this Friday before Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays. We can say Merry Christmas again. We're saying Merry Christmas again. We can say it again. Oh, my God. We're so grateful to Donald Trump for bringing Christmas back. We missed it. It It's always a lot of fun. And haven't had one for the last eight years. This will be the first Christmas in eight years, thanks to Donald Trump. We are coming to you live uh, all across this great land of ours. Anywhere you turn, you'll find us online at YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. You'll find us on the radio on the great WCPT out in Chicago, the progressive voice of Chicago, and on Indiana Talks, uh, the progressive voice of Indiana. And also, look at you on television, Free Speech TV. You're looking good. We're there with you with all the news of the day. A great lineup of guests, Graham Weiss here from New Republic good friend of ours, Brad Woodhouse, Project Our Care, the campaign director there, and Evan McMorris-Santoro from Vice News. So on this last live broadcast of the year, 
Um, we want to um, look back at some of the highlights of the day, but first... What a year it's been. What a year it's been, yeah. I'm amazed we survived this year, to tell the truth. Well, but, some of us barely survived. <laughs> but let's <laughs> No, look. really. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're still here? <laughs> barely. <laughs> Year's not over. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, first of all, just a quick look at the uh, headlines of the day. Yes, the biggest one is that embarrassing U.N. vote yesterday. It was just a symbolic vote. It's a resolution, but the resolution uh, saying that the United States should rescind its recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Uh, The vote was 128 to 9. 35 nations abstained. Yes. Uh, And um, the uh, voting, just to show how many friends we have around the world, voting against us were France. And Germany, and the UK. Uh, I mean, how far we South fallen, Africa, right? Abstaining, refusing to stand with us. Canada, um, um, Australia. I'm pretty sure was one uh, was one of the ones that abstained uh, as well. Uh, Thirty five countries abstaining, and the ones that voted for us. Okay, our friends are Guatemala. Honduras, well, of course, Israel did, (laughs) because after all. Uh, Guatemala, Honduras, Togo, the Marshall Islands, the Federated States of Micronesia, Nauru, and Palau. I never heard of Nauru. I can't say that I've heard of Nauru, no. I've heard of Palau. I don't know where it is. But I say, I defy you to find these are the states... (laughs) First of all, they're tiny countries, of course. They're barely above water. Uh, they heavily depend on U.S. aid. Uh, and they were afraid that, uh, in fact, we would cut off the aid to them. We told as, them we would. As Nikki Haley yesterday at the U.N. said, we're going to remember you. The United States will remember this day oh. in which it was singled out for attack in the General Assembly for the very act of exercising our right as a sovereign nation. Now, we weren't singled out for attack. We brought this on ourselves. Donald Trump brought this on himself when everybody except B.B. Netanyahu had said, don't do this. (coughs) Now, remember, George H.W. Bush, Ronald Reagan, probably Bill Clinton, I'm not sure. I know Barack Obama. They all said that they were probably they they would probably recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, and they all agreed. Then they all realized, oh no no, what this bad is idea. really it's a bad idea, and they didn't do it. Republicans, Democrats, they didn't do it. Donald Trump doesn't give a damn; uh, he just did it. At the same time, yesterday the uh, House and the Senate did get together in order to keep the government running. Uh, as we uh, our guests told us yesterday, we knew that they would. Uh, they've extended the government, however. They didn't pass a budget. They haven't done that in years and years. Uh, they just were able to come up with a uh, an agreement to keep the government running for four more weeks until January 19. Uh, even after Donald Trump yesterday put out a tweet saying, Democrats want to shut the government down. Only Republicans want to keep it going. Not true. But at any rate, sadly, though, that did not include any... Uh, any extension of the Dreamers program. And there is some good news. Remember, um, uh, Donald Trump has been telling us that Obamacare is in a death spiral. In fact, he said Obama, the other day, Obamacare is dead, right? 
Uh, and they have done everything they can to kill it. They tried to repeal it in the House and the Senate, of course, three times and failed. Uh, they have put the um, uh, getting got they got rid of the individual mandate as part of the tax bill, which Donald Trump will sign early in January. They cut the enrollment period for people to sign up down to six weeks. They cut the advertising to let people know that this, this was the enrollment period and you, this is your chance to sign up. They cut that budget by 90 percent. They cut the budget for helping people fill out their forms and let them know what their options were. They cut that budget in half. And still, 96% of the people who were there before still signed up for Obamacare. 8.8 million, which is just incredible. And it just shows, you know what it shows? It shows how popular the program is. And most importantly, how badly people need it. They need health insurance for themselves and for their families. They finally have a chance to get it, even with higher premiums. That's not what, as high as they would be otherwise. And, and now with the subsidies, they can get this as health insurance. Th- th- that number included 2.4 million new people. And they've heard Donald Trump and they've heard Republicans say, Obamacare, is gone, it's dead, it's in a death spiral, it's failing, it's imploding. Guess what? <laughs> and still they signed up. Yeah. Just shows this program, you know what, is not going away. In fact, Mitch McConnell has now said they're going to move on. Yeah, from, I mean, look, they're going to try and, we you know, have... starve it and have people not pay attention to it and not give no. it any sort of publicity that you can actually enroll. And that's just going to be what they do. But that doesn't mean that it's dead. mm no, and we said it again and again, too. It is just a fact of life. A government program like this, if it's Social Security or Medicare or Medicaid or Obamacare, once it's in place, you can't get rid of it. Yeah. First of all, they're good programs. They're great programs. People depend on them. People like them. Uh, and just a, one uh, final little um, kind of last gasp, if you will, of the uh, of praise for the tax cut bill came yesterday morning on Fox and Friends from now. She has become the public voice of the Trump administration for the tax cut plan, and she plans to go around the country and tell people how great it is. She was on Fox <laughs> and Friends yesterday. Of course, we're talking about first daughter Ivanka Trump, um, who, tell, who, <laughs> who clearly, clearly doesn't have a clue about what's really in the tax cut bill. Here she is. Really looking forward to doing a lot of traveling in April when people realize the the effect that this has, both on the process uh, of filling out their taxes. The vast majority will be doing so on a single postcard. Uh, uh, in April? No. April. No, no, no. She's got it wrong by a year. This bill, first of all, it's not even law yet, right? Donald Trump hasn't signed it into law. It takes effect not for 2017 taxes. It takes effect for 2018. So it's not until April 2019 when you file your taxes that you're um, Well, let me slow down. Unless you're wealthy enough to have your own tax attorney or battery of lawyers who do your taxes for you, like Donald Trump does, right? Uh, unless you're in that category, it's not until April 2019 that you will assess what difference you're paying in taxes and see whether or not you get maybe just a little crumb thrown your way off the table of the wealthiest of Americans. And the other thing is, 
Nobody's going to be able to file their taxes on a postcard because this bill makes it more complicated, not less complicated. Fact. Fact. Obviously, that hasn't sunk in with Ivanka Trump. Why do they put her out there? She doesn't know beans. The vast majority will be doing so on a single postcard. I mean, she doesn't know beans. Donald Trump doesn't know. Mike Pierce doesn't know. None of these guys know anything. You know what it is? They really don't care. That's it. They but just, like they just make up. Well, that stuff. That is to me, and I'm not trying to segue, but that is to me the like the biggest political message of 2017 is it kind of doesn't matter if you lie because you can get away with it, and uh, there are enough enablers yeah. in the media that will let you get away with it. Uh, and um, Don, uh, Al Franken yesterday made this point in his farewell speech on, yeah. the, on the floor of the Senate where he said, I'm paraphrasing, basically, we've lost the war for the truth. We're losing the war for truth. We're losing the war for truth yeah. because it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Uh, on that point, um, so we want to look back at some of the big lies and some of the big moments with your help all through the show today of 2017. But uh, let's start right there with the with the lies. The other day, uh, Sunday, last Sunday, the uh, New York Times did a... Trump's lies versus Obama's. This was amazing. Yeah. This now, was amazing. So this is getting to the point where the Trump, or the, the New York Times has done an incredible job. They listed one day, it was their entire editorial page, the lies of Donald Trump so far. And they got a lot of criticism. People saying, no, you didn't talk about the lies of everybody else. Okay, so let's say it's true that every president lies, you know? I think that's probably true. I think that's true, right? <laughs> we, we go back, right? Now, sometimes they're exaggerations. They're trying to make their policies look better. And that's what you had, like, with particularly with President Obama, when he said, for example, if you like your doctor, you can keep it. Or if you like your health plan now, you can keep it. Well, eh, not really. But It turned he, out to be a lie. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't deliberately trying to lie right. to American people. He was trying to make... Obamacare right. sound better than it really was because it was that anyhow you know the whole thing we've been through this so many times so they added up Donald Trump's lies versus Obama in eight years in eight years they were able to come up with uh, eighteen statements from President Obama that they could say these were lies flat out including that one lies. which I say wasn't quite a lie but they stretched they were very liberal with their definition in order to be fair so. 18. They <laughs> they listed oh, 18 flat-out lies from Donald Trump in his first week in office. <laughs> in his first week in office. And his and it keeps growing and growing. Uh, so Well, now I am shocked. So now, in the first year, this is through December 17, they added up um, 103 lies for Donald Trump in year one compared to 18 for Barack Obama in eight years. This is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with, right? Um, Those lies include, if you look at President Obama and other presidents, this one is just earlier this month, right? If you look at, at President Obama and other presidents, most of them didn't make calls. That was a... Remember the families of people who'd been killed in Iraq and yeah, Afghanistan? Right. I think it was in November when he said that, yeah. He also said uh, way back, uh, we pay the highest taxes anywhere in the world. Uh, we don't. 
No, we don't. Um, <laughs> so it just, oh, uh, anyhow, that is uh, Donald Trump. So certainly, Jamie, where do we start with the highlights uh, of the year? Or low lights. I think we got to start. Low the, I think we got to start at the top of the year. Let's do this chronologically if we can. Okay. All right. You help us through it. Let's start with um, hmm. Oh, the year that's from right. hell. You the, know, I call it the, the year from hell. It was a year from hell. Um, yeah. Peter, do you want to start here? Let's see. Clemson will go to victory formation oh, with one second terrible. left. How could you up 35-31. Deshaun Watson checks this the This is Cyprian laughing. Takes a snap, goes to a knee, and there it is. That's fine. Clemson no more. takes the college football world orange <laughs> here in 2016. Hey, no more making fun of Alabama. They they elected Doug Jones, okay? We can't make fun of Alabama. There's like a moratorium on making fun of Alabama for at least a couple all right. more weeks. Okay, all right. Get out of here. That was Clemson defeating Alabama in the national championship. That was, chronologically speaking, the first clip that I had. Ugh. But if we're talking politics, let's start with the transition. The show is out of control. Total, out of control. Out of control. I'm leaving. Transition. That's why I don't come in That's on Fridays. That's why you don't Fridays. come in on Fridays. This exactly. is what we do. Let's start with the first transition <laughs> presidential press conference in New York City uh, with Donald oh. Trump. And, you know, this reminded me because uh, BuzzFeed, with their morning media newsletter, put this out this morning. I totally forgot that BuzzFeed published the entire dossier yeah. at the top of the year. Remember, they were the only publication to do so. <laughs> Every single word of that dossier. Yeah. Yes. So Donald Trump was very upset about this, and this is what he had to say about BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed, which is a failing pile of garbage, <laughs> writing it. I think they're going to suffer the consequences. They already are. He yeah. also... Uh, they're already suffering consequences. No, they're not. They're still going strong. He also yeah. specifically addressed a certain allegation in that dossier about the infamous P-tape. Uh, the P-tape. Yeah. Does anyone really believe that story? Yes. I'm also very much of a germaphobe, by the way. <laughs> believe me. Believe, believe me. Believe I had totally me. forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah. He admits that he's a germaphobe, so therefore he would not do the golden shower. That's like, right. how is that but, not the biggest story of the no, year? No. And it's not, it's like barely a blip on the radar. Uh, again, I uh, <clears throat> will re- <clears throat> repeat. Well, <clears throat> pardon me. Whoa. Won't. Uh, Fridays. Can't do Friday. Uh, will not give the source, but I have spoken to someone who is very close to the Mueller operation, told me that they've got the dossier and they believe every word of it. They have. We know it's public knowledge. They have interviewed Christopher Steele, the author of the dos- this dossier, <laughs> uh, and they say they believe every word of it. So well, I think we haven't heard the last of the um, <clears throat> P-tape. Let's switch off Trump for a second. Uh, po- possibly for, for progressives, for Democrats, however you want to classify it, one of the sweetest moments of the year was right at the top in January before uh, President Barack Obama left office, and that was surprising his very good friend, not like Donald Trump and Mike Pence are good friends, genuinely yes. his very good friend, Vice President Joe Biden, with the uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom. This also gives the Internet one last chance to... <laughs> Talk about our bromance. <laughs> that was a, that was pretty that great. Was, that was really that was great. Was great. Biden for... genuinely crying at that ceremony yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, it was it was. Uh, it is a great relationship that the two of them had, and they got a lot done. And you know, anytime Obama had any big challenge, any big project, there's no doubt he just automatically said, "Joe, you're in charge." Yeah, right. Starting with the stimulus. 
very first day like in office. Joe, that's yours. That's your boom, boom, boom. And uh, and Biden, Biden delivered all of them. I got to say, uh, Joe Biden, a lot better than this suck up that we've got now uh, with Mike Pence, <clears throat> who um, at the cabinet meeting a couple of days ago, of course, once again, once again, um, just going out of his way to say how much in, how much he loves working for Donald Trump and what a great president Donald Trump is. It's just sickening. And I just, uh, I'm deeply humbled as your vice president uh-huh. Uh-huh. to be able to be here because of your leadership, Mr. President, mm. and because of the uh-huh. strong support uh-huh. of leadership in the Congress of the United States. <laughs> uh-huh. You're delivering on that middle-class miracle. Oh, God. Yeah. He and Paul Ryan Jesus, talking about some the self-respect, exquisite man. leader, presidential leadership. Uh, CNN put together a little montage of uh, the other. I'm surprised he didn't say it there. You know, usually uh, when Donald, uh, when uh, Mike Pence talks about Donald Trump, he talks about the uh, <clears throat> the broad shoulders of the man. Yes. President Trump's got broad shoulders and a big heart. Donald Trump showed you can have broad shoulders. Broad shoulders and a big heart. <laughs> the broad-shouldered leadership of Donald Trump. What do you mean by that? Well, I just, I think Donald Trump really embodies the American spirit. I mean, he's he's strong, uh, he's freedom-loving, he's independent-minded, oh he's willing to fight for what he believes in. So you're Again, not referencing his ma- masculinity there? Oh, not a bit. No. Oh, not no, a bit. not a bit. <laughs> I would <laughs> never. No. no. Oh. Mother would kill me. <laughs> oh, not a bit. <laughs> oh, no. Also, early on, uh, it wasn't just Donald Trump that was telling lies. Uh, we, do you have any Sean Spicer there? Uh... This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period, <laughs> both in person and around the globe. God. God. Oh, period. Oh, Sean... You know what I love, though? Sean There's efficiencies, Spicer... duplicity. <laughs> Sean Spicer, once he left the White House, he was so... People were so embarrassed by the job that he did and by the 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 lies that he told from the podium that he, he, he can't get a job. No, no. Like, none of the cable news networks want to hire him. He asked Paul Ryan if that um, uh, job in Janesville, Ohio at the McDonald's, <laughs> the McDonald's? might still be open. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, he Sean, went, these fries aren't hot, buddy. He went to every network. They, yeah. all, they all turned him down. Good. Here here was Sean Spicer's lowest moment from April 11th, 2017, uh, talking about Hitler. You know, you had a, you know, someone as despicable as Hitler who didn't even sink to the, to the, to using chemical weapons. So you have to, if you're Russia, ask yourself, is this a country that you and a regime that you want to align yourself with? Uh, yeah, and he went on to coal concentration right. camps, Holocaust, Holocaust centers. centers. Yeah. yeah, that was the next day when he corrected himself. He said, I forgot about the Holocaust centers. Uh, right. Yeah. No, Hitler didn't use. Not even Hitler would stoop that low, right? As, oh, oh God. my God. Um, uh, there's so many low moments of, of downtown. I still think his comments about Charlottesville are the worst of the worst. When uh, here you had emerging, right, out of the muck uh, in Charlottesville, members of the KKK proudly carrying their torches, people chanting, the Jews will not replace us, Jews will not replace us, you know, skinheads, white supremacists, KKK, anti-Semites. And Donald Trump says, hey, we have to recognize there are some very good people among them. 
and yeah. talking about the both sides stuff. I mean, like, yeah. we make a yeah. lot of fun Moral of Donald Trump. equivalency between people who are trying to yeah. stand up for humanity and these guys. We make a lot of fun of Donald Trump because some of the stuff he does are similar to, like, the Bushisms that we talked about. They're just, like, funny gaffes, frankly. And then there are other things that he says that are just straight up divisive and evil. And racist. blame on both sides. And I have no doubt about it. And you don't have any doubt about it either. And, 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 and if you reported it accurately, you would say. I mean, the anger yeah. in his voice as yeah. he's going, like, defending always, white supremacists. He always does this, too. Everybody believes, right? Yeah. Nobody doubts this. Right. Yeah. Everybody agrees with me when he's the only person out there who would say something as repulsive as that. Well, right? the only person who could get elected to office to say something. I mean, there are those oh, elements true. out there true. that grabbed yeah. onto right. it and were just thrilled that the president of the United States gave them some sort of defense. I mean, that's that's just straight up dangerous. Yeah. One of my other favorite moments of the year with Donald Trump. I'm, I'm, we're not saying these are things we that we praise oh no no i understand these are things that are just so disgusting yeah it's uh, been a year in this one year that the miracle is that we've survived and we have i think it just shows how strong we are as a people and as a nation but of course um you got to say okay did a pretty good job in florida did a pretty good job in louisiana pretty good job in texas with a with the hurricanes but then when it hit puerto rico we were caught flat-footed. Donald Trump didn't do a damn thing to help for over a week. Well, the reason, of course, he's, he discovered something about Puerto Rico. The response and recovery effort probably has never been seen for something like this. This is an yeah, island. still looking for it. That's, oh. Surrounded by water, water, big water, ocean water. Ocean water filled with... Filled with turtles. Water. water. Turtles that bite. Big ocean. water. Big ocean water. water. Mm-hmm. Big water. That's my favorite part. Is that like, it's Big not water. just surrounded by water. Big water. Big ocean water. water. Ocean water. Big water. Water. No, he's got that. He's got that New Jersey and Delaware water. That's how Ocean yeah. water. water. It's a little close to the Philly. Some of my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Water. water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, but let's not, let's not be totally negative. There are things we have to thank Donald Trump for, and we have to thank Americans for Prosperity, that great right-wing pack. Corey Lewandowski is one of the uh, leaders of yesterday. They put out an ad with all the things we can thank Donald Trump for. Listen very closely to the very, very last voice, uh, a little girl thanking Donald Trump for something very special. Thank you, President Trump. Thank you, President Trump. Thank you. Everyday Americans are standing up to thank President Trump. Thank you so much. For making America great again. Thank you for cutting my taxes. Thank you for fixing our economy. Thank you for keeping my family safe. Thank you for putting America first. Thank you for supporting Israel. As veterans, thank you for reminding us to stand for our national anthem. Thank you, President Trump. Thank you, President Trump, for letting us say Merry Christmas again. Oh yes, thank yeah, you, so President take that Trump. Girl away from her parents, for I mean, just like, letting us say Merry kids? Christmas again. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so disgusting, God. The, oh, thing that, the thing that's so crazy about this year is we've had to watch <laughs> the worst people in the world experience happiness. 
Like the very Paul Ryan, Betsy DeVos, Donald Trump, Betsy DeVos. There he oh, is, hawking oh, his trunk. Talking about happiness. The that was White the happiest House. he was all That's year. That's the happiest we ever saw him. That's the happiest we ever saw him. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Yeah. All right. Oh. We'll continue. I, I want to hear from you. Your low lights of the low lights of the year, this year from hell. Send us your comments on Twitter at VP Show. Graham Vice joins us next from New Republic. Coming up on the Bill Press Show. President Trump's got broad shoulders and a big heart. Donald Trump showed you can have broad shoulders. Broad shoulders and a big heart. Of the broad-shouldered leadership of Donald Trump. Follow us on Twitter at BP Show. This is the Bill Press Show. video bill's commentary the best clips from the show all in one place youtube.com slash the bill press show yep here we are on a friday before christmas with the bill press show also still coming to you from our nation's capital washington dc where we're brought to you today by the united steelworkers and their international president leo gerard all the great members of the united steelworkers union North America's largest industrial union, representing over 1.2 million active and retired members. We uh, salute them, thank them for their good work and their support of the program, and welcome to the studio from New Republic, Graham Weiss, good friend of ours. Hello, Graham. Good to see you. Good to see you. Merry Christmas. So when you... Merry Christmas. You look back at this year, um, 2017, uh, the uh, highlights and the lowlights, yeah, I mean, uh, I probably no low lights. No, <laughs> I mean, no highlights. Yeah. I mean, right. One but. thing I was thinking about as you, as you were all reviewing the various moments is it, it it's it has been such you know like drinking from a fire hose. There's so every day it seemed yeah, like there right. was a new crazy story, you know, depressing story, sort of intense. So it, I think all it's hard to even pick. That's what I, that's the conversation I always think? have with people. It's like oh, yeah. I, it doesn't even matter if you're a Trump supporter. You right. just have to admit that this year was insane just completely yeah. insane like you said drinking from a fire hose is the best i mean it's just non-stop i do think by the way if you have not like trademarked and put on a t-shirt the uh we live in hell live hashtag in hell. oh no no we do live in hell <laughs> yeah. every single morning i wake up and the first thought that enters my my dumb head is oh it's another day in oh, hell but to your point insanity in the control room tonight <laughs> By the way, that was underrated. That that did totally not, underrated. In a different news environment, that would have gotten much more attention. Yes. Stop the hammering. Stop the hammering out there. Who's got a hammer? Where is it? Where's the hammer? Is it on the? Uh, go up on the other floor. Somebody go up there and stop the hammering. <laughs> stop the hammering. <laughs> You know who is who's asking for a Labor Day rundown in my ear? <laughs> That's so good. Can, can we just can you. we just play this? Yeah, for the, let's for the rest on, of the segment. You can go home. You can take this Friday off, Bill. When I sucks. first it <laughs> sucks to be out here with this out of control. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> Look, I have to tell you, what's funny? <laughs> Doesn't he sound like Mike Pence? 
Ooh, that's a good point. He does kind of have it pinned. Yeah, there's there's other, insanity pencil. in the control room tonight. No, when I heard that at first, I forgot it was Lawrence O'Donnell. I hear that. I heard it. I 100% as, hear that. I, let's play Mike Pence talking about how humble he is, right? Oh, President was, Trump's got broad shoulders and a big heart. I mean, I could see. They, you know, they could. There's insanity in the control room. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is... Oh. Mm. <laughs> Pretty scary. Yeah. Get someone stop with the hammering. Get someone with broad shoulders to go stop the hammering. <laughs> oh man! If he if he had a message for our troops here in Afghanistan, <laughs> what's the message? He looked at me without hesitation from behind the resolute desk. Oh. what was the message, Mr. Vice President? <laughs> sucks. Oh, yeah. Sucks Good. to be out here. Perfect. With this out of control. <laughs> <laughs> this is off the rails already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the John Allen show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going home. Yeah. Just, what the hell? <laughs> uh, but it does to me, but, but to your point about yeah. the fire hose, you know, um, so we've talked about that so many times through this year. It used to be there was a time, particularly in July and August, <laughs> right. we'd be scratching our heads right. the day before saying, oh, God, what are we going to talk about tomorrow? Uh -huh. We have three hours at then, three hours or two hours to fill, mm -hmm. you know, and we'd be, so we'd be doing gun control, abortion. I mean, we'd yeah. go back to the old favorite. Playing the hits. Yeah. yeah. Playing yeah. the hits. <laughs> not not yeah. this year. No. Every year has been. Overdrive, I know. Overload, yeah. And if anything, every like, day, I mean, it's every just like, day. It's we don't we don't have enough time to really no. dig no. in and talk about what's happening because by the time that enough uh, reporting or enough stories have come out about one thing, we've moved on to the next horrible tragedy no. that we have as the country. There's so many stories. Virginia is a good example mm -hmm. that we never spent enough time. You've been writing. I want to talk to you about that. Yep, analyzing. You know what happened? What that means going into 2018? We didn't. We didn't have enough time to give it and because about, we were on to right something else. How about this? Uh, this this last race that could. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I. It's been you said it, and it's been said a million times. But people on my uh, social media feeds yesterday were, you know, just just saying, you know, I don't want to hear ever again that your vote doesn't count. Yeah, I don't just. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. please don't ever yeah. say this ever again. You yeah. know, like and now obviously they're, you know, it's a sort of special circumstance. But I mean, but it still it's amazing. proves that every vote counts. It's amazing. I mean, even if they have to do a you coin know, and, toss. And Michelle Obama, I think, had a good um, sort of phrasing of this where she she and I think the, the former pre president as well, they would talk about how if you think about voting as pre precinct by precinct, I mean, you sort of drill down to that level. Well, then you really are talking about, you know, a few votes can swing, can make a difference at the precinct level. And yeah, so totally. I think that's a good, a healthy way to, to think about things. Yeah, right. So. And the, particularly in these like school board races, city sure. council races, yeah. you know, right. Absolutely. So, um, but so you've been writing about Democrats. One lesson we learned in Virginia was take the high road. Yeah, I mean, so speak about Michelle Obama. That was her famous statement. Exactly right. And and basically, I just did a piece um, this week where I was talking about how uh, at the beginning of this year, um, in an effort to be tougher against Trump and to sort of uh, give voice to the populist anger in the country, um, there was this sense that maybe the Michelle Obama, uh, when they go low, we go high, uh, had been a failure and was, you know, passe and we the, the party needed to sort of, um, I don't know, sort of re really get in the fight in a, in a, in a tough way. And, and obviously, you know, no one is uh, opposed to, you know, running contrast ads and, and calling out your opponent 
students for their uh, you know their flaws and 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 being tough. But the piece that I wrote basically said that if you look at the three biggest victories of this year, so um, Doug Jones being elected to Senate in Alabama. Um, Governor-elect Ralph Northam in Virginia, mm-hmm. and although this race was uh, more of a, an easy achievement for the Democrats, uh, Phil Murphy in in New, New Jersey, Jersey, all three of those Democratic candidates uh, drew a marked contrast with the, their Republican opponents and with Trump in the sense that they did not get into the gutter rhetorically and sort of run, you know, kind of low road campaigns. I mean, if you think about it, Ed Gillespie famously, you know, the, the sort of stuff he was doing on race and, and, and you know, ethnicity and sort of, you know, running um, on the immigration issue, um, you know, in a really vile way. Um, you know, Northam, you know, sort of did not respond in kind. In fact, I don't know uh, what things were like on the Bill Press show the morning or the, in the days before the Virginia election, but there was actually a lot of anxiety among yeah. liberals and progressives that kidding? like maybe Guilty. maybe oh Ralph God. Northam was oh, no, not going to no. pull this out. Oh, no, Guilty. No. You know, and, and to their Bed- bedwetters, we right. all were. Yeah, and yeah. to oh, his yeah. credit, to his credit, the, it worked for him. Yeah. You know, yes. now part of it was well, he destroyed it yeah. Gillespie yeah. he destroyed now, part of it was there was a wave right sure. and so you you sort of figure out was he the was he simply the vehicle for for that energy but um Kim Guadano who ran against Phil Murphy in mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. in New Jersey uh, I used to talk to one local um New Jersey political reporter who said that you know she was sort of the only one who ran or she ran a kind of similar ad on immigration that was really race baiting and and people were actually sort of surprised by how um that she would do something like that and obviously I mean if we're talking about a contrast between going low and going high you you really couldn't think of a better example than Doug Jones as mm-hmm. compared to Roy Moore um so I don't think this is necessarily uh, proof that uh, you know this is going to be true in every race uh, next year, and and obviously um, there are going to be some some close contests, and there's going to be you know uh, some some you know tough close combat. But I do think that there's something to be said for uh, you know at a moment when the Democrats have finally figured out uh, how to draw a contrast on sexual assault and sexual harassment, and are sort of seizing the moral high ground on that issue at a time when the Republican Party has really gotten into the gutter with Donald Trump. Um, you know, I, I think it's good for the Democratic Party that they they nominated uh, and 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 were able to elect uh, these three candidates who I think more or less, uh, you know, sort of kept their heads up and, and did. I mean, you know, well, yeah, well particularly in Alabama now, particularly again, in Alabama, Democrats had the great gift of. Roy Moore, incredibly accused, so yeah. child, child molester. molester, right? Yes. Exactly. So you don't always get a candidate like that to <laughs> no, run against. No, but um, but but was particularly there that God, I am that, so glad he didn't win. Oh God, Ugh. yeah, but that Democrats were able to penetrate um, suburban women, republic suburb the suburbs, yeah, particularly Republican women who just said no, I can't go there. Well, I and love this my is party, but I can't go there. But and that's that proved true also with in in Virginia when you looked at the returns in Virginia. Yeah, I mean, after the Alabama uh, victory, a lot of attention, rightly, uh, was focused on how black voters and and black women in particular really carried Doug yeah, Jones. I right. actually had done some reporting at the beginning of this year about how um, black women. Uh, polling showed black women were beginning to feel neglected by the Democratic Party, taken for granted, you know, which is 
you know, ironic and, and awful, given that they are electorally the absolute base of the party and the most loyal voters the party has. Um, however, having said that, you know, I was talking to I was running around um, Capitol Hill this week and uh, I actually I was in the Senate chamber up in the gallery for the the tax bill vote, which was quite something if you want to talk about that. But um, I talked to a lot of Democratic lawmakers about sort of uh, there was this piece in the New York Times about how how suburban Republicans maybe for the first time in a long time since really the Clinton years might be available to Democrats now mm-hmm. because of yeah, all of this right. going on. And there was a lot of agreement on that where you know there's a sense that you have to take your um, base seriously and not neglect them, but that because of how vile Trump is, uh, and if and if you look at the examples of these elections we've seen this year, that um, even though these voters were elusive for Hillary Clinton, you know, they ran this whole campaign trying to get suburbanites and suburban Republicans to kind of cross over and, and, and be with her last year. And, and in the end, most of them came home to the GOP. But <clears throat> there's this sense that perhaps finally uh, it's gotten so bad with, with Trump and the Republicans that, um, you know, these these uh, these moderates in the suburbs and, and other uh, suburbanites could sort of go into the Democratic coalition. Uh, Jonathan Martin, who's, I think, one of the smartest political minds around, has a good piece uh, on, on your point front page of the New York Times today, where he's talking about uh, the political impact of the tax vote. Now, you were there for yeah. the vote in the Senate. Uh, the Times headline is, for GOP, the tax cut is a salve, but hardly a cure-all for 2018. Right. I mean, yeah, they're going to have to defend it in 2018. They are. I mean, I, I did a quick uh, piece yesterday on how I, I don't think we know how the tax bill is going to play next year. I mean, on the one hand, I, you know, I listened to the conversation earlier about how you know, there's all this talk about Trump getting a victory and 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 without delving into the substance. The, the, the frustrating thing for Democrats and, and, and liberals is, I mean, it, it does give him a pretty big talking point. And you can already hear the the, the oh, argument totally. developing. I mean, they say they say we got the this this tax cut. We cut regulations. You know, Neil Gorsuch. So it it starts to jobs, sound like jobs, they've, they've accomplished gonna, something. Jobs, right. Even jobs. though uh, what they've accomplished, you know, is nothing to be proud of. Um but, you know, at the same time, I mean, Democrats uh, pushed back really hard this week on this notion that it's a victory and, the, and that it's going to help the Republicans in 2018. So we'll see. I mean, there, there's certainly, uh, as, as, as has been discussed ad nauseum on, on this show and elsewhere, there's certainly an awful lot that the Democrats can run against on the, in that bill. Uh, maybe the truest word on the impact of the tax cut bill came from Lindsey Graham yesterday, uh, who was asked, is this going to uh, help Republicans or not help Republicans? There's nothing I'm going to say or Democrats are going to say about the tax cut that will matter. What will matter is people feel it. If they feel it, we're fine. Right. And if it doesn't work, we're in trouble. I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not very yeah. profound. No, but no, no, no. Pretty, Yeah. <laughs> All right, Senator. <laughs> if it works. <laughs> if it works, it works. It works. If it doesn't, <laughs> we're in deep doo-doo. Sometimes yeah. the simplest uh, answer is the right one. No, I mean, that, I think that's right. But I I do think... Um, but you're right. They've got their talking points all lined up. They, right? they do. And we heard them. I mean, Susan Collins, all of them are using the talking points. It's going to put people to work. It's going to raise wages going to give everybody a benefit. Mm-hmm. The worst was yesterday, uh, and probably a person they should not be putting out to talk about this. I don't know whether you heard this in our first half hour, but uh, so daughter Ivanka mm. was on Fox and Friends yesterday. Uh, here is the miracle of miracles. 
Really looking forward to doing a lot of traveling in April when people realize the, the effect that this has, both on the process of filling out their taxes. The vast majority will be doing so on a single postcard. <laughs> the old postcard lie, right? Which has been de like debunked routinely. So many times it's been debunked, right? Yeah. It's never go probably never going to be on a postcard, but certainly not this time around because this bill makes a tax code more complicated, right. not less. I mean, I remember Ted Cruz running on that and other, yes. I, I, I don't know if the president uh, did as I, well, but but the, the, this was a... I think Ronald Reagan did. I yeah. mean, it goes way back. It's yeah. a myth that they've been... And also, the idea, she's, she's off by 12 months, right? It's not next April when you figure out your 2017 taxes sure. that you may see a difference. Right. It's... 2019. 2019 yeah. when you figure out your 2018 taxes, mm -hmm. so... I think if they're going to be sending Ivanka out there, they'd better do a little better job of prepping her. Yeah. But, of course, on Fox and Friends, it doesn't matter. I don't think anybody corrected her, did they? No. On, the no. on, on Fox, Fox and Friends? On Fox and Friends. What do you but, think? But, I mean, to, to, to the point about how it could cut both ways, I mean, um, I was talking to Brian uh, Schatz, the, the um, yeah. Hawaii uh -huh. senator, and, um, and he was saying, you know, as far as suburban suburbanites and even Republicans in the suburbs go, there's a lot in this tax code or in this tax bill, you know, that is 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 not going to help those people. In other words, this is not this is a bill that really helps, um, you know, the, the, the absolute wealthiest, you know, there, there's, um, the, he, you know, he was saying there are provisions in there um, that could harm these the very voters who who sort of, um, you know, have been in the Democratic coalition. And he was, you know, talking about how, um, so there's, I think there's confidence among among Democrats that um, that this is not, you know, for what it's worth, that this is not going to be broadly appealing. Right. So, so when does um, Donald Trump fire Robert Mueller? Oh man, I mean, I you know, it's it, it, it they I love that they keep the I mean the, the White House keeps saying this is not going to happen, right? They keep they keep I, while they're orchestrating yeah. a smear campaign against Mueller. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I also think so. They're, they're either trying to destroy him before they fire him right. or destroy him yeah. so they don't have to fire him or whatever. Do What's you think, going on? Do you think that, uh, I wonder if, if that were to happen, if the the politics of impeachment were to, would change? In other words, do you think, I, I, I'd be curious what you think yes. of, of whether, if, if that yes. happens, you know, right now the party has, has sort of said we're not we're not talking about impeachment that's not a message that you know we're with the exception of Tom Steyer and others I I just wonder I mean that would be such a red line um I don't know what what do you think I think the, but the question is depending on who controls the house and the senate yeah. how many republicans would break exactly. if that happened yeah. I mean I think Mark Warner um was not exaggerating when he said war the his warning the day before yesterday yeah. was um Firing Robert Mueller could provoke a constitutional crisis. Yeah, and he I think used the word "red line." He used it, or the phrase. Yes, he did. Um, right. Yeah, I, I saw. I thought that was interesting. I mean, there... I, but I think it, it's. I don't want to give him too much credit, but I think either Donald Trump recognizes that, or people around him do. Maybe John Kelly does. Mm -hmm. That the worst mistake they made this year was firing James Comey because because of that they get. Robert Mueller now with a yeah. criminal investigation and a special counsel who can go anywhere and has already indicted four of his top aides, that if they fire Mueller, and as we know, they'd have to fire a succession of people to find somebody who would fire Mueller, right? Right, Because the president can't do it directly. Um, to I, say nothing I, of the fact that... The, I think it would blow up. Everything would blow yeah. up. Yeah. 
was going to say, it's, it's also given us the, uh, some incredible uh, J- James Comey Twitter action. You know, I don't yeah, know if you've right, been following right. these these tweets of him silhouetted against the Statue of Liberty, talking about you know choppy waters ahead. It's really been that's been a talk about a highlight of uh, of 2017. Sort of like sub the subplot of like James Comey's you know. But there's no doubt there is a deliberate organized campaign to smear Mueller. Yep. Uh, you know. J- Members of Congress are talking about bringing him up there for more hearings. Oh, yeah. Appointing a second special counsel to investigate the special counsel, well, to investigate Mueller. It's part of this entire. I mean, I, I, um, I was, I think it was last weekend. Uh, you know, there's all this, this incredible. Uh, rhetoric on Fox now about um, you know Jesse Waters saying that there may be a coup in America as a yeah. result of you know the the sort of uh, biased investigation. He said the FBI wanted to assassinate Donald. Trump. Yeah. Well, that was a that was one of the guests on yeah. on Fox News. Oh, yeah, 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 that was right. Jesse Waters. You know, like, no, they, they let it happen. They yeah. just let uh, it happen. Yeah. Judge Jeanine Pirro saying that uh, the 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 um, FBI and and various um, I think it's the FBI and the CIA. She was saying people should be uh, taken out in cuffs. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, yeah. if I'm, if I'm, I'm not, I'm, I think that's who she was talking about. But that was the phrase: to take well, him out in cuffs. Uh, Trump himself said that the FBI is in, in tatters. Yeah, you know, and he has, he attacked them again before he went down to speak at their graduation ceremony. Right. And the worry is that, to your point, is that if and when the 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 Mueller investigation, you know, uh, you know, f- uh, finds something really damning, that you have half the country primed. To basically think fake news, right? Right, right. and and uh, and and it's just it's just an awful. Or, or that this is a guy who is in Hillary's pocket. Exactly, right? this is all a Democratic plot. Yeah, to to bring down Donald Trump. Right. Oh yeah, no, they are that's they are planting those seeds right now. Any yeah. any way they can. Yeah, to 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 um, so that people don't see it as a li- let's let's say does indict some people very close to Donald Trump, mm-hmm. right? That half the American people will say, "Well, this is just politics as usual," yeah. rather than the end of a serious cr- criminal investigation. So you cover politics, what, and and you're talking about the Senate again. The one thing that we've been wondering is, um, it, it looks like there's no. I, I don't think there's any doubt that Arn Hatch had planned to retire this year. Mm. I think it's pretty clear now. I mean, Donald Trump has gotten out of his way. Out of his way. Going flying out there with Warren, him. Warren, you're a very special man. This you're, is a yeah. special person. <laughs> yes, right. And, he, and you notice he uses the word special in this like <laughs> in this like interesting way where he you know, he he talks about like, you know, they're he says that instead of members of Congress, these are very special yeah. people. Yeah. But what does that very mean? Special. I know. I think it means I think it means, think it means these people, people are these people are lackeys. These people are you know, he says yeah. this yeah. he says it yeah. in a moment when when they've helped him anyway. But Hatch loves this praise mm-hmm. and the president loves the praise he's been getting from Hatch. Uh, 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 second only to Mike Pence. Uh, Hatch has been kissing Trump's ass the last couple of days. Yeah. But my, so that puts Mitt Romney kind of out of a job, right? And and people have said that Donald Trump is doing this because he's trying to block Mitt Romney. Here's my question to you. Why doesn't Romney just run anyhow? Yeah. He I mean, could win, he, I, I think, yeah. in Absolutely. Utah. I mean, in other he words... beat Arn Hatch in Utah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that's... I should... I mean, if you, I don't know enough about the politics of it in terms of if he ran against Hatch. Um, I think certainly... Uh, I, I mean, there's oh, no, if, if he, Hatch retires, it's like oh, no. Romney is, is in like they, Flynn. They wouldn't even have to have but, um, I bet you he could beat Hatch in a primary. That's interesting. Because Hatch is, you know, 103 and uh, 
and the argument would just be it's time for yeah. you know new yeah. leadership yeah. Or, or you know yeah. uh, right. hatches served honorably and right. I mean yeah sure yeah. Uh, that's turn the page, turn the corner. You know, um, I mean, not that Romney's a young chicken, but he's certainly. Oh, but compared to Hatch, Hatch, uh, probably yeah. twenty years younger than Hatch. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting, and, and I'm sure uh, we've been over this. Here I am, a cheerleader for Mitt well, Romney. Well, this is exactly what I was <laughs> going to say. God, is, is the, is what's the, going on? I mean, I I should I wrote a p uh, a, a, a blog post earlier this year, and the, the headline of which was. Something like run for Senate already, Mitt Romney, and I thought, God, where oh, are no, we? Did you, you know, see? And, 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 Peter, and, I'm not alone. And, yeah. my, and my argument, yeah. my is like, look, if 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 we thought that a progressive or a Democrat was competitive, that would be a different story. If if there is polling at some for some in some miraculous situation, then I will change my tune on this. But right. to the extent that this is a uh, basically a, a, cannot be won by a Democratic candidate, I mean, I think it's possible that the, you know the country would be better. I mean, compared to Hatch, in yeah. other words, if you had Romney in there, um, but it is a strange, strange moment for <laughs> for liberals and Democrats to be feeling that. Way. I'd like Romney in there just because of what he would say about Donald Trump. Right. I mean, he he would make. Uh, Turn Bob Corker into a like a cheerleader. Just, I just want to be clear though, Mitt Romney would have voted for this tax. There is no oh, question. Absolutely, I, I watched. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Merry Christmas! Thanks for coming yes, in. Thank this you. All right. Merry Christmas. Is the Bill Press Show. Hey everybody, this is Bill Press. Thanks for listening to the Bill Press and Friends podcast. And now, do yourself a favor. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Here's what you do. Just search for the Bill Press Show. Then you can take us with you and listen in anywhere you go. And you'll get new shows from us as soon as they're posted. And one more thing. If you really enjoy Bill Press and Friends, please help us grow by telling a friend, writing a review, and giving us a rating on iTunes. It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Yep, out of all the nations in the world, how many friends do we have at the United Nations? Not many. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> what an embarrassing moment for the United States. Hey, hello, everybody. What do you say? It is Friday. Yes, I know. I know. You can't believe it. I'm here on a Friday, but that's only because it's the um, uh, last Friday of the year and our last live show of the year. And I want to be here to wish you a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. Hello, hello, hello. Great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. The Bill Press Show coming to you live from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, with lots to talk about that big vote at the uh, U.N. yesterday. Uh, the uh, Congress did uh, decide they're going to keep the government open for another three or four weeks so they can take a long uh, holiday break. Um, the enrollments for Obamacare stunningly um, just piling up there. It is anything but dead, as the president would have us believe. To help us through that and all the other topics of the day, uh, Brad Woodhouse, our good friend, now campaign director for Protect Our Care, joins us in studio. 
without his brother. That's right. That's I mean, right. Without without my brother. Thankfully. Screw that guy. No, yeah. I, well, that, that's what I say. When anybody asks me how my, how's your brother, I'm like, screw him. I mean, I love. You know, Who cares? He's a good. I, I said that he, there was a big profile of him in the News Observer a while back in Raleigh, and I, I said, you know, he's a good, you know, he's a good father. Uh, he's a he's a he's a good husband. Other than that, he's a real jerk. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know. we wanted you to have one moment on the air. Yeah, without without him. him. Well, thank thank, thank like, God you didn't invite him. I, I, somehow no. I think he wouldn't come on this show. But you well, know, I, you never know. Yeah. It was back in the know. crossfire days. You know, when if somebody would invite me on without Novak or without Buchanan, right. I you know that was my moment. And <laughs> right, right, right. so, anyhow. Brad's here, Peter's here, I'm here, you're here. Let's hear from you, your new, your comments on uh, the news of the day and the highlights or lowlights of this year, 2017. But first, this is the Full Court Press. Yes, indeed. Just a couple of other stories making news. Do you want your children to sleep better and be smarter? Well, it might be as easy as just giving them some more fish. New findings in the University of Pennsylvania published this week in the Scientific Reports Nature Journal says the children who eat fish at least once a week sleep better and have better IQ scores than those kids who do not eat fish. So they say that the the uh, relationship between the omega-3 fatty acids and many types of fish really help the kid. Look at Bill. Look no, at but Bill. isn't this like the old myth that if you look eat carrots, you're, you know... Your, your, eyesight your eyesight is better. Well, that's sort of then they always say, "Did you ever see a rabbit wearing glasses?" <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Uh, that's they, a good, I like that one. I like that. <laughs> one. I've never heard that. That's pretty good. So anyway, my father used to say that. So if, according to this cow. study, if you want your kids to be smarter, give them fish. Big news yesterday as Eric Schmidt, he is the executive chairman of Alphabet, the company that owns yeah, Google, yeah. announced he is going to step down in January. He has been. A big, big role played a huge role in developing Google and from what it was to what it is now, which is a juggernaut. Uh, they are expected to appoint a non-executive chairman in his absence. He put a statement out yesterday, said, quote, the time is right in Alphabet's evolution for this transition. End quote. He said that uh, he had spent a lot of his time on science, technology issues, and uh, philanthropy, and he says it's only gonna he's only gonna do more of that in his downtime. Well, how about that, Papa John's? Papa John yeah, that's also big news. stepped yeah. down yesterday. Yeah. That's actually a story that I was about to do. Oh, all right. Uh, Papa Sorry. John Schnatter <laughs> announced yesterday he is stepping down. Now he accused the NFL anthem protest of right, players taking right. a knee from said that was one of the reasons that the sales were hurting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Why don't you try making a better pizza? I, I don't know. Maybe his pizza's bad. He's a jerk and he's a Trump supporter. I mean, All I of the above. I have something I mean, to do I'm crying garlic sauce tears for Papa John. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So he's out. He's leaving the chief executive seat. Yeah. He will stay with the company as a chairman. Well, don't let the pizza box hit him in the ass on the way out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> On TV and online, this is the Bill Press Show. Yes, indeed. We lined up all of our friends in the United Nations yesterday. You could count them on both hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we had. Oh, what an embarrassing moment. That just proves how out of touch Donald Trump is with the rest of the world. Uh, sadly, it makes us look out of touch, too. 
Hello, everybody. Great to see you on a Friday, Friday, December 22nd, our last live show of the year. Um, And we will be here next week, but we'll be here on tape, but with lots of new stuff. It's not just going to be old oldies and goodies. We've got some of our favorite interviews that that we've already put out from over the year, but every day we're going to have something new for you to either listen yes. to or watch. You got on the podcast, we taped a lot of roundtables with some of our friends. Uh, we're not going to tell you what they are. No, There'll be surprises, listen. but wow. some of it has it's to It's our d- gift. I'm on the edge of my seat. It's this our is, gift yeah. to well, our listeners and viewers. Yeah. Some of it has to do with pot. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Peter Peter and I got drunk. You'll have to watch to see whether or not he was taken to the hospital afterward. <laughs> okay. Some, some of it has to do with booze. Spoiler alert, right. I'm still here. There you go. Well, uh, we drink a lot of Christmas beers uh, in one of the segments that we're going to be airing yeah, next yeah. week. So, so check, check that it out next weekend. Sweet. Here, here joining us here uh in studio to uh, talk about one of the big stories, everything, but particularly one of the big stories of the day. Brad Woodhouse is the campaign director for Protect Our Care. And, you know, it's too bad that Obamacare is dead. <laughs> right? You mean, well, with 8.8 million people signing up uh, in open enrollment. It's just I mean, the opposite uh, of what Donald Trump has been telling us. You know, it, well, what's right? ext- yeah, what is the opposite? What What is extraordinary is there, there's nothing that Donald Trump or Republicans have said uh, in the past year about health care that is true. Um, and you know their big their biggest lie was it's imploding it's yeah, dying yeah, yeah. it's in a it's in, it's in a it's in a death spiral you know we came in, we came into open enrollment and this is after two attempts at them repealing mm-hmm. uh, the law this is at you know repeated sabotage I mean the president has repeated you know part of sabotage is just the way he talks about the law he tries to discourage people from having confidence in it but he slashed the advertising budget for open enrollment by ninety percent by ninety percent he cut the he cut the number of days uh, for open enrollment in half I mean we yeah, had six, down you to know, six weeks that's right we had six weeks instead of twelve weeks I mean if we had twelve weeks can you imagine we would have exceeded yeah, uh, la- yeah. last year's enrollment there is in, after even all that. Every county in the uh, in the country has coverage. They were saying, well, you know, insurers are going to pull out because it's imploding. Every county has coverage. 8.8 million people signed up. People like this law now. It is more popular than it has ever been. 8.8 million people. Two, over 2 million new people yeah, uh, signed yeah, up. There's yeah. very high that- demand for, for, for insurance in this country. Um, and and uh, the Affordable Care Act took a hit this week. Uh, with the repeal of the of the of the individual mandate, but the law still works. The protections are still important. That's what's so amazing to me, right? Like, you know, we talk about how unpopular the Affordable Care Act was when Barack Obama was president, and there were members of Congress who had to run away from President Obama because it had, you know, barely a fifty percent approval right, rating, right, and right, now we're yeah. in Donald Trump who's got like a thirty-two percent approval right. rating. But like. It became so popular after the fact that these Republican senators saw the backlash. Right. And when they tried to repeal Obamacare, you know, the five times they tried to do it this year, they couldn't do it. Right, right. Well, they knew, knew was... that health care could be so complicated. <laughs> exactly. Who knew? Who <laughs> right, right, right. Who could well, have remember, seen it the, remember, in the, remember, the first time the House tried it, they, they failed. Yep. They couldn't yep. get it through. They, they had to try again. They rammed it through. They barely got it through. And remember, they got a big majority in the House. Maybe not after this election. Yeah. Then, then they when had they, a big party at the right, White House, right? Remember right. They had they had a big party yeah, at the after, White House after they finally got through the House. That big party <laughs> in the White House, and then the first time they tried to get it through the Senate, a real full repeal bill 
uh, which was known as Bikra, they they lost eight or nine Republican senators. They didn't even get close. Yeah. And then and, they did the skinny one, and then and then they did and then they did they did what was stripped down repeal, where they right. where they at least tried to hide their cuts to Medicaid and uh, which has become very popular. Medicaid is 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 more popular than. Uh, than ever uh, as a result of the Affordable Care Act and the expansion of Medicaid in states that's brought health care to so many millions of people. And they couldn't get that done. That was the famous John McCain turning his turning his hand down. Um, you know, th- this th- they are uh, th- they're going to kill themselves politically on the issue of, uh, of health care. It's the yeah. number one issue that voters care about. There's been a lot of a lot of interest in the tax bill. And I think that will rise and be right up there uh one and two with with health care health care is still the number one issue what is the impact of the doing away with the individual mandate well is, is that the silver bullet or <clears throat> well look the individual mandate is a really important is a really important component of uh, uh you know of the affordable care act and and you know look republicans don't want to hear this they'll actually close their eyes and ignore you when you when you tell them the individual mandate was was dreamt up by the Heritage Foundation. It was a Republican. Yeah. Uh, it was a Republican idea and adopted by Mitt Romney. Right, and adopted by Mitt Romney to, to basically to basically say there should be no free riders. I mean, we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, we shouldn't re- reform health care and try to uh, get everybody else in the system and require employers to care. Uh, you know, to, to cover people and then have all these other people that are outside of the system not contributing that just show up at the emergency room when they get sick. It was a Republican. It was a Republican idea. It was one that Barack Obama came to reluctantly, but I think in the end he saw that you have to. Everyone has to participate. The pool has to be the pool has to be big, uh, so that so that the risk on insurers is is smaller and 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 premiums are lower for low you know lower for everybody. And the the, the impact is going to be the, the the biggest impact is going to be it's going to raise premiums on people who are still in the system by double digits by at least ten mm. by at least ten mm. percent. Now thirteen million people are going to go uh, are going to go without uh, without coverage, but. There's so much of the Affordable Care Act that is still important on your kid, uh, you know, on your parents' policy to your 26 protections uh, against discrimination based on uh, based on pre-existing condition. We still have the tax credits. We still have the subsidies. We still have high demand. Look at all the people that signed up. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know? now, then there's this, um, you know, Susan Collins voted for the tax bill on this, the promise that they're going to pass the bill that she wants, she and Lamar Alexander, yeah. to keep the subsidies going, basically to prop up Obamacare. Is that going to happen? Well, I don't, it's I don't think... It's not going to happen before the end I, of well, the year. Well, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, um, yeah. so if it was going to happen, uh, it was going to happen to get her vote on the tax bill. In other words, mm-hmm. it needed to happen before right. or simultaneously. There, yeah. are Repub- look, there are a lot of Republicans... Now that they've got our vote... Now they got her vote, and, and and I think everyone should just remember one thing about Susan Collins. And I let me preface this by saying yes, she did the right thing on skinny repeal. She did the right thing on Bikra. Um, she did the right thing in coming out against uh, against Graham Cassidy. But the thing that progressives all, all need to always remember about Susan Collins is she's a Republican. Yep, she is, she is a Republican, and she she has. Uh, she has Republican ideological instincts, and she has Republican uh, political instincts, and she has Amen. decided not to run for governor. So yep. she, you know, she faces the prospect of a primary in Maine uh, in the United States Senate when she when she runs for reelection in in twenty twenty. I think that's why she desperately wanted to get to yes on this tax scam 
that is, I think Mark Warner's right, probably the worst piece of legislation in American history. Uh, but, but you know, so I think people, when they when they go in, look, I think you should, you should uh, appropriately thank her when she is voting to save the Affordable Care Act. Yes. But in this case, in this case, uh, she, you know, she could have used her leverage to get yes. the individual mandate repeal out of the bill. Yes. They could have found this she, money At one time she said she else. was not going to vote for it if right. that were still in the bill. Right. And, and here's what here's yeah, what people so much here's what people got to you know, got to realize about this. They <laughs> ripped away health care from 13 million people so they could give a bigger break for pass through, uh, you know, pass through companies and income and, you know, and big land developers and real estate developers. I mean, it's 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 sickening. Uh, yeah. Number you know? one of number one of whom is Donald Trump sits yep. in the White House. Is yeah. Donald Trump. Yep. You know, is Donald Trump. And, and of course, Bob Corker, who's another. Oh, yeah. Somebody we should remember is a Republican. (laughs) Yes. You know, who voted against the tax bill the first time and then miraculously tax bill got worse. Like everything he everything he complained about that he voted against it the first time. It got worse. Yeah. So, by the way, here's Corker whining yesterday because the media dared point out that he was lining his own pockets with his vote. Yeah. I told him that I'd had a health, healthy respect for the media. I deal with them all the time, and, and you know, to, to attack the media has not been something I've done. But I had a newfound empathy for him <laughs> in watching how a totally debunked story, debunked by everybody involved, Orrin Hatch, oh. Kevin Brady, the guys that actually oh, yeah. oh, wrote yeah. this oh, yeah. bill, knew I had nothing mm-hmm. whatsoever to do with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I do, oh, you yeah. don't protest too much. Uh, right? I think he does. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to believe Orrin Hatch and Kevin Brady right. when they said, well, we had no idea that Bob Corker was a big real estate guy when we put that, right. that yeah. big bonus in there for uh, the commercial real Who estate industry. All right. Remember, yeah, what was right. Hap- remember what was happening during this, right? They, 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 were, they were concerned, as we all are, uh, about John McCain and that John McCain was not going to come back for this vote. Uh, right. they, were, they were concerned that Thad Cochran, who's been dealing with uh, health issues, uh, may not be back for this vote, right? And so, so and they couldn't afford to they lose. They couldn't Corker. afford to lose. Yeah, uh, they couldn't afford to lose Corker. And so, um, you know, look, he was get, he was given. I don't believe him for a minute. He uh, was given no, a sweetheart no, deal. Of course he was. Uh, look, we're not going to fix the deficit. We know that's what you say you're concerned about, but we're going to line your pocket and. You know, at, at least you can do for us and and do for John McCain. I'm sure they tugged on that sympathy cord. Yeah. Said, and, if you and, come around and vote for this bill. And the other thing, Corker is he has said he would not vote for one penny uh, added to the deficit. He would, you know, he's the uh, ultimate deficit hawk. That's why he came to the whole thing. Right. So this bill adds 1.5 trillion, like in real dollars. If you add interest, as some people have pointed out, it's yeah. probably up to. Two point two trillion right. total. How many pennies he, is that? Yeah, right. And he votes for it, and his excuse is, "Well, it's not perfect." You damn right, it's not perfect. I, I, what, what a lame excuse it, for totally contradicting what you supposedly stand well, for. Well, I mean, I mean, if if you vote if you vote against against it the first time on principle, and you know, and on a very specific issue about the the deficit, the debt, and then you turn around, the bill gets no better; it gets worse. And then you turn around and vote and vote for it. I mean, of course, people are going to call your motives into question. Right. Um, the um, Children's Health Insurance Program, yeah. which is related to Obamacare. Sure. Uh, <laughs> funding expired for it last September. They did vote yesterday to keep it going for another, what, 
four weeks or something. Well, yeah. The, the, pro- the, pro- the problem is, is there's some states that have already stopped enrolling Because they ran kids. out of money, right? Right. And yeah. and, and this, and this patch, remember, you, you have both the continuing funding and growth, and this patch will not necessarily in those states let them start enrolling What's new kids. What's the problem kids. with this? I mean... Well, for, I, I tell you, the biggest problem is Republicans can't govern, right? And they... They, uh, they, they, yeah. you know, they can't govern. They don't care about providing health care. I do think there's a, there are some Republicans that, and there have been all along Republicans that have supported, uh, that have supported, that have supported Chip. But you know, by and large, uh, Republicans don't want government involved in, uh, don't want a government involved in health care. They want to use Chip to jam uh, Democrats in a big deal on on other issues like well we'll give you chip but not DACA or we'll give you yeah. chip but not Alexander Murray uh, which is really now a, more of a Patty Murray uh, not a Patty Murray a Susan Collins uh, ask mm-hmm. but any, you know and so you know, I do believe chip is going to get done uh, get done in the end uh, but but the, the the truth is is that the Republicans in the House and the Senate are the ones that haven't been able to agree on. On a path forward on chip, it's disgusting that they that they they can't reauthorize chip for the long term, but they've made a, a, a cut to the corporate tax rate. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, permanent, right? Permanent, Cor- permanent for the corporate for tax the rate. corporations that today are enjoy. sitting on trillions of dollars in cash that they're already not spending, already not using to raise uh, wages salaries or and create wages jobs. Yeah, or create right. jobs. Um, Former communications director for the DNC, what does um, the victory in Virginia, we haven't seen you for a while, uh, and uh, Virginia and Alabama, and the victory in Alabama, uh, bode for Democrats in 2018? Well, man, I, I think I think it pretends, and I, look, I, you know, the, the possibility of a real wave election for for Democrats. And look, I, I think a wave could be you know, we, we pick up gov- pick up some governorships. We pick up a bunch of state legislative seats. We could pick up 20 House seats. And that may not be enough to flip the majority, but that would be a, a tremendous, um, you know, a tremendous pickup. But I, I think increasingly Senate. There, there are, well, you know, the Senate, the map is really tough, but I actually think that they have. It's getting better. It, it's getting it's getting better. Right. I mean, and, uh, you know, we picked up the seat, uh, picked up the seat in Alabama. I think uh, more Republicans are probably a threat today in the Senate than they ever imagined, the ones that felt like they weren't part of the uh, part of the map. And I think incumbent incumbent Democrats need to be buoyed by, by all of this. They have um, look, they have they they have tried to pass uh, the most unpopular bill in American history, which was which was uh, the repeal of health care. They have passed probably the second most unpopular bill in American history, which is this uh, tax scam. They have the most unpopular president at this point in his presidency in American history. I mean, that's a lot of headwinds to run against. And incidentally, they're not getting any credit for the state of the economy. Democrats lead on the issue of the economy, <laughs> lead on the issue of health care, lead on almost every uh, every measure. And I was stunned this week that the uh, generic ballot test conducted by CNN gave yeah. Democrats an 18-point lead. I mean, you know, a four- or five-point lead I would feel really good about. 18-point lead <laughs> is stunning um, in terms of, you know, midterms traditionally go against the party in power in the White House. So they ha- they have a lot of headwinds. Look, there's a long time between uh, between here and there. But, I th- look, I think there look, th- this tax scam, it, you know, is part of, like, their, their worst instincts, like, 
Uh, now, maybe it's marginally better for them politically because if they couldn't even get this done. Um, you know, more of their voters would likely more of their voters would likely stay home. But this has enraged the American people. There was no activism outside of the donor community in support of this on the right. Republican side. Yeah. There yeah. was no activism at all in support of their effort to repeal uh, the Affordable Care Act, which they're going to come back to in 20, you know, in 2018. There's, you know, all the activism was on our side against these efforts. Uh, and uh, and I think that's going to really I think that fit. You know, health care was the number one issue in Virginia in the exit polls. Number one issue uh, that that resulted in that in that victory in Virginia, which was not just the governor's race. I mean, we we did so well. Uh, down ballot, which is really important for us in 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 2018. Yeah, uh, we, we did so well down the, ballot, uh, particularly in the uh, 94th district. That's right. Still to be <laughs> yes. still to be decided. Still to be decided. Right. But boy, does that show you the importance of grassroots activity? Well, huh? and, and a voting, right? And, and a I voting. Mean, I mean, it's just like anyone who thinks their vote doesn't count. Just look at what's going on yeah. there. So yeah. they're going to draw lots, flip a coin, you know. Uh, but yeah, is I mean, democracy wonderful? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally wonderful. Um, but but yeah, I, so I I, I think twenty eighteen uh, looks like you know, and I'll be interested at what point um, at what point you start to see some Republicans uh, uh, running away from running well, away from Donald Trump. I was just Trump. going to ask you about that because if you look at as you pointed out, Donald Trump uh, latest CNN poll thirty five percent, which is the lowest of any president since they've been taking presidential polls yep, yep. of approval rating for Donald Trump, 35, only 35%. Uh, and he's put himself out there for Kim Gordano in, uh, in, in uh, New Jersey, mm-hmm. Ed Gillespie in Virginia, Luther Strange in Alabama, Roy Moore in Alabama. He's 0-4, yeah. right? Lo- loser, right? L- loser. loser, big loser. So Republicans who are up for re-election and not that thrilled with Donald Trump for whatever reasons, personal behavior or political or policy or politics, I would think they'd be emboldened to distance themselves from them. Well, right I, now, you, right? you, you would think so. I mean, but they, they have. When are they going to start <coughs> getting smart? And well, say, uh, you know, this guy's not a plus. I mean, I mean, the, I, you know, they're looking at some of the polls that say that. You know, look, I, I think if you look at uh, almost any polls. Uh, and you break out uh, Republicans and Trump supporters. You've seen you've seen erosion. Trump has seen erosion. I mean, he's not not getting ninety two percent support among uh, among his among his base anymore. Even among his base, but, you but think it is he's... still it is still it is still he's still tremendously popular among uh, among the Republican base. He as low as his approval ratings are, they're higher than that of Mitch McConnell's or congressional you know congressional Republicans. So you know, in terms of him. Imposing discipline on the party in on the legislative sphere, and even um, and even you know having Republicans be fearful of distancing themselves, like you know they're going to be in a in a situation where you know they can't afford to inflame uh, independents and Democrats to come out against them, but they can't afford to depress their own their own vote among Trump supporters. So they're kind of what I hope is a no-win situation. Yeah, going yeah. In, you know going into going into twenty eighteen. And look, they made a deal with the devil. And and you know they you know they made this pact with with Donald Trump where they where Paul Ryan you know the things he dreamt around you know kegs of beer when he was in college you know yeah, yeah, destroying right. the social welfare state yeah. destroying uh, Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and 
um, you know, and and bankrupting the government so these programs don't work, so then they can repeal them. You know, they, they made a deal with, well, you know, Donald Trump is president. This is our opportunity uh, to use his base and his ability to inflame that base to do all the things that we want to do. And they're going to get they're going to get their tax cut, but. Um, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be at the expense of their majority. Right. So we are getting near the end of 2017. Yeah. We've been talking throughout the show this morning about um, we survived 2017 yeah. somehow. Yeah. Uh, what some of the highlights or some of the low lights of the year were? You might have your favorites. Do we have any, any more lined up there, uh, Jamie? What's uh, your next favorite? Uh, I do have one from, do you remember the Israel press conference uh, when Netanyahu visited the bilateral press conference Oh wow! where Donald Trump was asked by a Jewish reporter? Um, I don't remember what the exact question was, but it made Donald Trump declare that he is the least anti-Semitic and least racist person uh, alive. Here we go. I am the least anti-Semitic person that you've ever seen in your entire life. Number two. Racism, <laughs> the least racist person. In fact, we did very well relative to other people running as a Republican. Quiet, quiet, quiet. Oh See, he lied God. about he was going to get up and ask a very straight, simple question. So, you know, it's welcome to the world of the media. So this I is forgot a guy, about that. Uh, I did, too. This is a the guy then who turns around. This must have been before Charlottesville. This is February. February. Okay, right. Yeah, then he turns around in Charlottesville, right? Right. And the people marching saying, the Jews will not replace us. Right. And Donald Trump, <laughs> we've got that, Jamie, about uh, how there's some good people on the other side, right? KKK. There's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it, and you don't have any doubt about it either. And, 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 and if you reported it accurately, you would say. There were very fine people on both yeah. sides. See, th- this is where unbelievable you know, th- th- that right there, that press conference in New York where he he equated, you know, peaceful protesters with Nazis. Yeah. Uh, and you KKK, know, KKK and... marching with torches, yeah. you know, all across. You know, that, that was a moment, uh, 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 an opportunity for moral clarity for people like uh, Paul Ryan and, and Mitch McConnell to do more to denounce him, to do more to separate themselves uh, you know, uh, from him. Sometimes I wonder, you know, what they're what they're thinking without, you know, without the thought of impeachment or the twenty fifth amendment. Hell, they'd have Mike Pence. He's every he's everything he's everything Republicans have ever really wanted in the White House. I mean, he's right. you know culturally yeah. right wing. He's morally right wing. He's you know he's um, fiscal you know fiscal conservative. Look, I get that they're they're not going to impeach one of their own unless you know unless there was videotape of a sexual assault. I'm not even sure they would do it then. But, no, I'm not sure that they would either. Um, but, uh, but, you know, that, that was a moment. That moment for, uh, of this entire year, I think, was maybe the lowest moment uh, from a moral and leadership um, uh, standing that the, president, that the president had. I mean, he's done terrible things. This tax bill is, is horrible. What, what, they've, what they've done to, you know, a thousand cuts to uh, the Affordable Care Act and people's health care is terrible. His leadership on the, um, you know, on the world stage is is, is quite frankly yeah. dangerous, dangerous. Yeah, right. You got the Paris um, Accords, but, the Iran nuclear deal, and you know the the saber rattling with with North Korea, and uh, they're they're apparently they can actually build some missiles um, over there, and uh, that can strike uh, Washington D.C. That, that can strike Washington <laughs> D.C. And, and with all that, that was a, just just a just a moral 
low light, I think, of uh, uh, of 2017. No, absolutely, yeah. and I th- and and one that people keep people keep coming back to in terms of yeah, that that really exposed Donald Trump for who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at, at his core, I mean, remember this is some this is someone who. Who who didn't who and his dad didn't allow African Americans to to rent from them. Lest, I mean, lest we forget. Lest we, lest lest we forget. Lest we forget. Yep. They discriminated in housing against African Americans. That's how it started. That's, That's sort of the started. first time we saw Donald Jr. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I have another one on a lighter note. All right. Uh, we shared this last week as well when Peter was guest hosting, but it deserves another mention. Chris Christie. When uh, New Jersey's Beach government, Beach yeah, Gate? Beach Gate, New Jersey's yeah. government shut down, so they had to shut down all the state parks. Mm-hmm. But Chris Christie decided that he was going to go ahead and use one of those beaches for he and his family on July Fourth. You know, forget the people that he represents; it's his beach. He's still governor for how many more weeks now? I guess months now. Uh, we can go back to it. They can do a polar plunge. The best part. That's what I want to see is Chris Christie a polar. That's plunge. That's right. The best. The best part where where the was the press conference he gave after it and some yes. of these these yes. quotes. There's two clips here. Here's the first one. I don't count going out on the beach after I've been working all morning to um, sit and talk with my wife and our guests for 40 minutes before I had to leave to come back to work. Um, as getting sun. <laughs> getting Besides, sun. I was wearing a hat. <laughs> now, if they had flown that plane over that beach and I was sitting next to a 25-year-old blonde in that beach chair next to me, that's a story. I wasn't sitting next to a 25-year-old blonde. I was sitting next to my wife of 31 years. <laughs> what the hell did that oh, mean? Gee, thanks, she honey. Must, she must have loved that. Yeah. Thanks, honey. Uh, Mary, Mary Pat would be real happy with the, that one. The anger yeah. in his voice yeah. as he says, I wasn't sitting next to a 25-year-old blonde. I was next to that ball and chain I've had around my ankle for 30 oh, years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to have seen the... Uh, <clears throat> Been a fly on the wall in yeah. the Christie household when he got home after day. Thanks, how, hon. How about a, how about how about the notion that Chris Christie may have been president and he's slunking out of the man, governor's mansion or drunk yeah. blacket or whatever they call it in New Jersey with about a 12 percent twelve percent approval rating and got shut out of anything in uh, you know in the in the Trump administration. Instead, I mean, he was Trump's McDonald's flunky. Yeah, that's and right. Went and bought McDonald's for Trump. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I can't right. think of a better, you know, oh, better ending for Chris Christie other than <laughs> no. Who was more humiliated by Trump, Chris Christie or Mitt Romney? Oh, this year. Oh, I, I think I think Mitt Romney because Mitt Romney is a dignified yeah, individual. Right. Right. And Chris Christie was a loud mouth. Yeah, Chris, I don't think anything. I mean, you know, Chris Christie just, you know, he just is a bull in a china shop. Lets it roll off yeah. his back. All right. Hey, we got room at the table here for another good friend. Uh, coming up here, we'll take a quick break. I'm back with Evan McMorris-Santoro joining us from Vice News uh, with all the news of the day this Friday, December 22. Number two, racism. Download our podcast. Search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. This is The Bill Press Show. Same great show, new great channel. Stream live video at youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. All right, wrapping up here, uh, the year 2017, the day, Friday, December 22nd, the Bill Press Show. 
brought to you today by the American Federation of Teachers. God bless them, Teachers of America, making a difference in the classroom every day. Uh, members of the AFT under President Randy Weingarten, no better and no stronger labor leader than Randy Weingarten. Check out their website at AFT.org. Well, Brad Woodhouse here as a friend of Bill the entire hour. Uh, joined, uh, joining me and Peter at the uh, table here, Evan McMorris-Santoro from Vice News. Evan. Hello. How are you doing? How are you? I, I, I'm doing great. I want you to know we're not the only ones who are at it. Donald Trump is tweeting. Oh. Uh-oh. Just a few minutes ago. At some point, he says, at some point, whoops, I don't know how, and for the good of the country, I predict we will start working with the Democrats in a bipartisan fashion. <laughs> Infrastructure would be a perfect place to start. Wow. What's he been waiting for? Well, <laughs> well, we've had infrastructure week a couple times already now. I think we've had two infrastructure weeks. You don't remember? You guys don't remember infrastructure week? Yeah. Like, yeah. Week like one was probably the week of Charlottesville, right? I mean, I mean, he had infrastructure week and he and he proudly proclaimed that that was the week that he tried to pick up Tawny Katane in a strip club somewhere. No, I, yeah, no. uh, <laughs> that was no, the that was his big announcement. I do remember the infrastructure week that all they they called it that, but then it was nothing. We talked about a whole bunch of other stuff that week. I, I forget exactly what it was. There's so many things, but I, it was something having to do. Yes, yeah, it was something else right. entirely. I think Charlottesville got in the way of one of the infrastructure weeks. There was something else having to do with that. But I mean, look, this was. This is actually what Trump has been talking about since he got elected, was this promise of doing a, de- a deal with Democrats over infrastructure, doing things that a lot of people in the, in the GOP don't want to do, which is spend a lot of government money to rebuild a lot of stuff in the United States. He, he, he said it since he ran for president, he was going to do it, yeah. and it hasn't happened yet. So, I mean, we'll see. Maybe in the new year, now that taxes but, are cut, are you, are we'll, you, we'll move on to the next thing. I think you really have to wonder if the guy is bipolar or not. Yesterday, at this moment in the mm-hmm. day... He put out a tweet saying, Democrats want to shut down the government. Right. Which is simply not true. Not right? true. Right. So today he's saying, it's only a matter of time we're going to start working soon with Democrats in a bipartisan fashion. Well, it wasn't long ago that he was taking tweet dictation from Nancy Pelosi about DACA, and then he didn't yeah, meet with right. Then he can, you know, slammed them before he could meet with them again uh, when they came to, you know, when they tried to go to the Oval Office. Mm-hmm. So um, we haven't talked uh, uh, for a little bit here about. The big vote yesterday in the United Nations. Oh, uh, they really lined up the votes, didn't they? So Nikki, <laughs> Nikki Haley, before the vote, she gets up there and she warns him, "You better vote. You better not vote against us because we're going to remember. We're going to keep a list." The United States will remember mm-hmm. this day, in which it was singled out for attack in the General Assembly for the very act of exercising our right as a sovereign nation. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. This is sort of. This is again. This is sort of. This, this is again one of those moments. The two. We're dealing with two Trump promises today. Number one is the idea that you're going to work with Democrats and do infrastructure. We haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Number two was we're going to be America first, and we're just going to give whatever finger symbol you prefer to other nations that don't do what we want to do. That's happening now. That's happening. you're getting that. Yeah. Hundred. You got so, that. For the record, the vote was 128 nations voted against us, including. The U.K., France, Germany, you name it, all of our allies. The G7. The, yeah, right. Um, 35 stations ab- nations abstained, including Canada, Australia, countries that we think are usually with us. And nine nations stayed with us, um, including the smallest nations on the planet, like Palau. 
Sounds Isn't like some the Marshall Islands. Well, after Togo. all, they're trying to get a room at Trump Tower, Bill. So I mean, <laughs> it's like 2003 all over again. The Coalition of the Willing. You got Palau. Yeah. It shows <laughs> how out of total, out of step and out of touch, right, with the rest of the world. Well, I think so. But look, this you know, uh, sticking it to the rest of the world is is kind of Trump's brand. It's kind of what he promised yeah. when he when he ran. It's what a lot of people that attend his rallies kind of. Yeah. You know, kind of, kind of support him for they. They don't think about the, you know, they're not thinking about the consequences. And I guarantee you, neither is neither is Donald Trump thinking about the consequences of, you know, being a pariah on the world stage. Right. Uh, we've been talking highlights and lowlights of the year 2017. This is our last live show of the year. Great. Do you have a particular moment that stands out as Donald Trump's? Finest moment or lowest? Well, a current highlight for me is how just cozy this is. In here. <laughs> like, look at us all snuggled around. Oh, right, right, right. Snuggled, like, <laughs> a little fire just, here. Just, you know? just, uh, just four dudes snuggled around right. a table. Talking like, you know, about body heat gun really gun. is the most effective form of heat. I think it's, right. so it's I think a little closer. This is right. a highlight so far for me. All right, we'll help you. We'll help you out with the media highlight of the year. Right. It had to be uh, when our good friend on MSNBC. Uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, um, not happy because somebody is in his ear. Stop the hammering. Stop the <laughs> hammering out there. Who's got a hammer? Where is it? I don't know. It's on a Where's the hammer? It's on a is it on the, uh, go up on the other floor. Somebody go up there and stop the hammering. Stop the hammering. <laughs> Someone's pressing buttons and turning my sound off. <laughs> Who is, who's asking for a Labor Day rundown in my ear? A lot of people ask me what it's like to work with Bill Press. <laughs> and, well, I have to say that... Uh, it fucking sucks. It fucking sucks to yeah. be out here with uh, this out-of-control Right, I, you know, uh, I don't think you Lawrence, need to control your temper there, Bill. Yeah, I don't uh, think Lawrence loses it often, but when he does, hmm, there's insanity in the control room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing true. Is he still sounds like it's I, not like the like the do it live classic Bill Press thing where he's just completely off the rocker. It's right. like it's still Lawrence O'Donnell. Like he could be reading this yeah. as oh, part yes. of his show. Right, right. right. Yes. There's insanity in the control <laughs> right. room, folks. <laughs> it was <laughs> it, 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 the hammering. <laughs> it was it was measured, right? I mean, but I I will. I will definitely defend him. I think there's nothing worse than you trying to concentrate on delivering lines, doing a press sure. conference, doing a press conference call, and there, there's all these distractions, you know, around you. I mean, it's kind of hard to stop be, the hammering. Stop the hammering, right? Yeah. You got to stop the hammering. Stop the hammering. Right. Can, I, can I offer another media I stand highlight? With the hammer. I think the guys. Uh, yeah, but on on this like, point, I just want to point when Tucker and I, Tucker Carlson and I, yeah. had yeah. a show on CNN called The Spin Room. We had a producer who was such a pain in the ass. He was in Atlanta. We were in Washington. Who was always talking to us, and <laughs> and we would have in our ear, right? Right. And we while you're conducting it's an a, interview, it's a great, no, it's while a great we're tradition that I carry on. While here we're conducting that. an interview, no, right. I'd be talking, we'd, and we'd ask somebody a question, and then we couldn't hear the answer because this idiot was in our ear. So Tucker and I just pulled the plug. <laughs> we cut him off. We totally would not listen to him. <laughs> no, we, we, we fixed right, him. Right. We totally and that man the... today, Sean Spicer. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. All right. Another media highlight. Okay, so back in September, <laughs> as the national anthem protests were heating up, Sean Hannity was getting all upset about it on Fox oh, News. Oh, oh. And he decided to pull a clip of you, Bill, 
from back of June of 2012. Because, I don't know, maybe he just went through the Media Matters archives or something or rather. Uh, And he pulls this clip of you talking about the national anthem. Peter's in this too. Oh, it is a major crusade of mine, a major cause of mine, and that is to get rid of the Star-Spangled Banner. The home of the brave... I don't know. I mean, I, I, I get I mean, a bad part yeah. of it. Are we the only ones who are brave on the planet? I mean, all the brave people live here. <laughs> I mean, this is stupid. I, I'm embarrassed every time. I'm embarrassed every time I hear it. Now, here's Hannity's reaction on air. <laughs> I'm embarrassed every time I hear the national anthem. Wow. And he worked for CNN and NBC. Whew. Oof. That is, Oof. Now, that is the Joe Pesciest, the Joe Pesciest <laughs> Sean Hannity I've ever heard. But that is gets, the most amazing thing. Hold on. Hold on. It gets better. It gets better. Oh, wow. Former liberal CNN, MSNBC, fake news host, Bill Press, <laughs> one of their employees, said this. Listen to this. Just a couple of years ago. That's how he teed it up. Oh, that's uh, anyhow, I was on that clip too, trying to wave you off of this. Right? Yeah, I'm like, oh, hey, easy, like Bill. Brave. That yeah, sounds yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Brave people are okay. What he doesn't, what he doesn't play is <laughs> the point I was making is CNN, MSNBC, his host, Bill Press. But the point I was making is you can't sing the dumb song, so I said replace it with something we can all sing, like "God Bless America." Or America the Beautiful. I was putting out other alternatives right, to the right. Stars Bangle Banner. And, of course, that doesn't make this at all. What would right. Brad say oh. about this, Bill, when you're explaining you're losing? But it's right, high praise to have Sean Hannity going after you. So, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Sorry. Can we? Is it possible just to hear the part again where he goes, "You're kidding? Are you telling me the home of the brave?" I'm embarrassed every time I hear the national anthem. Wow. And he wow. worked for CNN Wait, and what? NBC. Oof. 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 Hoof. That's great. Hoof. Uh, hoof. Hoof. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard Sean Hannity. Hoof. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Wait, we're supposed to be talking about Donald Trump's highlights. Right, right. right. Not mine. <laughs> or low lowlights. Oh, man. man. Uh, then there was um, Puerto Rico. <laughs> we're Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, Donald Trump had to explain why we couldn't get our trucks to Puerto Rico. Oh. We may not have known this. The response and recovery effort probably has never been seen for something like this. This is an island oh. surrounded by water, water. big water, big ocean water. water. Big water. Water. As opposed to islands surrounded by little water. some little water, water. and uh, not water. ocean water. water. Uh, big water. Big water. And so now they added water and turtles that bite. <laughs> you filled with sharks. And everything. <laughs> uh, they have, they, he didn't really recover from Puerto Rico, did he? I mean, we're finding out now the response yeah. was even worse than we thought. And it's, it, it, this is one plug I'll do because I'm here, but uh, we should talk. My show, Vice News Tonight on HBO, we have a, a correspondent, Roberto Ferdman, who is actually has family from Puerto Rico and has been going back there a lot for us and just did a really long piece this week about kind of where Puerto Rico is at now after this hurricane, and it's not good. It's, no. Th- 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 this is not what I would call a 
highlight of uh, American government response. If this was any other president at any other time where we had less of just a constant barrage of news, like this would be the biggest story it of would the be. year. And it's, I think it barely registers for a lot of people well, for a lot of different reasons. And you think, about what, reasons. you think about what Trump said about how great the recovery was, how few people died. And now, of course, they're mm-hmm. revising those numbers, admitting that those numbers weren't what they were, uh, you know, what what they were. And I mean, it's going it's to get way worse. And the numbers are going to get way worse. It's tragic. I mean, as we, as we speak. The island, maybe half of it, is still doesn't have power back. I think, right? It's right. I think it may be more than. I'm that. not sure where the numbers are now, but but I, I right. think it's a it's it's a significant number of people that still are without power. Yeah. Right. I mean, there again, part of the problem with all of us is, and we've talked about this so many times, there is so much going on that we focus on something and then we forget it and move on and talk about something else and then. Never go back, right? Well, well not, look, that, not that's nice the, news tonight on HBO. But, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, yes, right. that, that, that's the <laughs> thank cha- you. That's right. the chaos theory of Donald Trump, right? Which is to think, constantly right. have you chase yeah. whatever news he, you know, he wants you to, uh, he wants you to chase. So, uh, Evan, you were on the ground in Alabama. <laughs> I was for the big race down there, right? Roll now, tide. Okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's been almost a week down there, the last final week. So, given that. Moore was such a toxic candidate with such toxic charges against him. Are there still any lessons that Democrats learn from Alabama? I mean, I do think that that, that can carry on beyond Alabama's. I, I mean, my my experience with it was just this idea that there is such a thing as Democratic energy among the Democratic base. And I think that after 2016, a lot of people on the left felt like, oh, that's not a thing. We don't have that. We don't have a Tea Party thing. We don't have that energy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and. You did. I mean, you know, it, it's sort of in Virginia. I mean, too. I, I mean, like my little apocryphal, I mean, apocryphal, my little anecdotal story about it is, you know, I met these these women, these young women who had designed for themselves uh, uh, Jones supporters, Democrats had designed for themselves a get out the vote game among themselves using a group texting uh, a group text where whoever got the most pers- people from their contact list to vote, everybody else would buy them dinner. Wow. And this was like, yeah. On their own. This this wasn't a Democratic Party app. This wasn't something the Jones campaign put out. This wasn't something recommended to you by a robocall from Obama or something like that. This was like, these were people who were as interested in voting and fired up and going out to vote as I've ever seen. And my sort of first big instance with that was when I covered the Tea Party. So, I mean, it was very similar type of energy in that way. And so I think the big lesson there is that this energy is out there. And, Mm -hmm. and, And people who can tap it and actually, you know, embrace it, I think will do pretty well. There was a battle of robocalls, in a sense, uh, wasn't it, Brad? Right? Yeah, well, there, there were. I mean, yeah, Trump and, did one, and Obama Trump did, did one, and 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 Obama did one. I, I, I'll say this: that, it, that it's so good to hear that there's this organic in, uh, energy uh, that you saw down there. And what it says is, is is that we need people to run. Democrats need people to run everywhere. I mean, we need people running. <laughs> we, in, learned, we learned that <laughs> in Virginia too. Right. Right. I mean, f- field candidates. Everywhere, because one, first of all, going into this election, there may be a wave, and you want you want to have candidates that can that can ride a wave, that can uh, tap into this organic energy, this self organizing. You know, we've seen this. I mean, the, the, you know, look, Donald Trump turned on activism uh, on the on the progressive side. I mean, look at go back to very early in his presidency and the 
and and the, the near march? spontaneous about, well the, the women's the march day after he was sworn <laughs> right, in right right the, right the, the 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 women's march the near spontaneous protest at airports over the you know over the muslim ban you look at all the energy that was uh, around you know stopping the you know stopping the repeal of health care i think um and look you know there's some there's some of this as you look at as a democrat strategy say god why didn't we have some of that energy in 2010 and in 2014 and in 2016 but you know what if 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 it takes um, you know, if he has to be president and we have to drive it out and I don't want him to be president, but we got to drive this energy up in, you know, in 2018, hopefully it can, as Evan said, it can be, it can't all be top down. It can't all be the Democratic Party saying how people should no, vote no. And, and, I, I, and determining when we turn people I out. I mean, I really think the energy today, and I'm not taking anything away from the leadership, but the, the energy is not coming from the leadership. It's coming from the ground up. Right. It's coming from, I think it's coming a lot of it from organizations, Emily's List, Our Revolution, Indivisible, Run for Something, yep. all these groups that are out there recruiting candidates, training candidates for every, at every level. Right. City council, school board. Look at this Virginia House of Delegates. We talked a little bit about that seat. It's just amazing that Democrats picked up 15 and with a coin toss, they, they might be 16. Right. Maybe 16. That's remarkable. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I saw in Alabama. I mean, I saw I saw in Alabama uh, a Republican operation that seemed very lackluster uh, on the ground. There was like no, there was not a lot of interest in Roy Moore. They didn't like him that much. A lot of people who were sort of in the establishment of the party, and uh, but the Democrats just were like just fired up, ready to go. Well, that was the thing that like <clears throat> I, I very loudly on this show said Roy Moore was going to win the whole time, <laughs> the entire time, even after the allegations came out. And uh, this is a history. I mean, basically, you take any election and oh, yeah. Peter gets them wrong. Oh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm consistently wrong about just about everything. Buy futures on the other side. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Look, if you're a betting person, bet whatever I bet on, right? Bet yeah. against whatever I bet on. But the, in the final days, the one thing that sort of stuck with me was exactly that that Roy Moore was essentially running on a cult of personality and. Didn't really have a political campaign in in uh, in place, and Doug Jones did. And I, there's something well, I, to be said about the fact that that, that stuff. Still I want to give a lot of credit to the to the Jones campaign, to Trippy, to to that By entire the way, yes, that entire operation. Yeah. They was Joe Trippy <coughs> part of that? I didn't oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, oh, yeah. they sequenced this the, the, this campaign beautifully. in terms beautifully in terms of you know. When when they turned on the turnout yes. operation, how they used him, yes. how yes. Doug Jones reacted yeah. to the allegations yes. uh, against Roy Moore and didn't didn't do what a traditional politician would do, which is pounce all over. We all, I believe, we were talking earlier about um, the bedwetters before in Virginia. Everybody yeah. saying, "Oh, Ralph Northam, you know, God, yeah. such a weak campaign, weak campaign." But same thing in Alabama. I mean, I I, I kept saying. Where's Doug Jones? Why isn't he out there? Why isn't he doing more? Why isn't he? they knew exactly what they were doing? Yeah. They well, the funny thing is, I mean, it was Roy Moore who wasn't around. I mean, that right. final weekend. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. One of the most surreal moments of my life. I mean, I, I, I found. So I found Doug. I, I found Roy Moore when I was. Did down he there. go to the Army Navy game? Yeah, I, I found him, and so then, so here he is, his final rally, railing against the media, railing against everybody. Yeah, and he just picks up a copy of the story that I wrote with my colleagues about where's Roy Moore, mm-hmm. and his ways. Like, what do you mean? Where am I? I took my wife out of this. I wanted to get out of here, and it's like it was just so indicative. Like he was gone for the whole final weekend, where. 
Meanwhile, That's the Jones wild. campaign had just like was just blanketing yeah. their areas with canvassers and celebrities and uh, you know surrogates and all sorts of stuff. And his campaign was gone. And then their big turnout operation was Steve Bannon hosting a rally in which he just like attacked Joe Scarborough. Right. And you're, right. And you're, like, you're like in rural yeah. Alabama, and this guy's right. going off on the morning host on MSNBC. Oh. I was completely nuts. He attacked him for not going to Harvard. Like what is that? Right. I mean, that and for going to the University of Alabama. Right. And for going Alabama. to the University of Alabama. Yes, right. That's correct. Yeah. Right. Right. Th- yeah. That was the oddest thing I've I've so. seen in 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 politics is. The guy not campaigning the final weekend. Remember, the, it, it, look, yeah. this wasn't a big win for for Jones. I mean, it was a close race. Yeah, you know? right. Those things make a difference. I just have to mention that in the interview with Vanity Fair, it's reported this morning. I haven't seen the interview, yet, but actually, it's reported that Steve Bannon says that if Donald Trump doesn't, he's thinking that he would run for president. He, Steve Bannon, run for president in twenty twenty. Well, he has. That's been denied since that article came out. But you talk about. I wouldn't. I. I didn't know that. It's been denied. Well, Bannon says he's not considering running for president. Wow, thank God he's not a liar. And <laughs> that's like right, a, right. Just like a track record of I'm telling just, I'm sorry, lies. I'm sorry. I feel like I have to come in here. Well, boy, that's a relief. Listen, are you kidding me? The national anthem bill? No, I'm just trying to do a Hannity. Right. Hannity. Right. I want to end on a positive note. I want to every time I hear the national anthem. It's my new ringtone. It's so good. I want to end on a high note. We yeah. do. Ha- we have to recognize, as Americans, there are things we can thank Donald Trump for. I want you to listen to this ad put out yesterday by American Prosperity and listen carefully to the little girl at the very end of the ad. Thank you, President Trump. Thank you, President Trump. Thank you. Everyday Americans are standing up to thank President Trump. Thank you so much. For making America great again. Thank you for cutting my taxes. Thank you for fixing our economy. Thank you for keeping my family safe. Thank you for putting America first. Thank you for supporting Israel. As veterans, thank you for reminding us to stand for our national anthem. Thank you, President Trump. Thank you, President Trump, for letting us say Merry Christmas again. There it is! Oh, God. Donald Trump. We're all free from the thought police. Yeah. We're saying Merry Christmas again. This is nice. Happy holidays, everybody. What a way to end the show. (laughs) Christmas went away for eight years, and it's back now, and we can all say Merry Christmas again. Well, one thing Donald Trump did right. Look, I never let my children celebrate Christmas for the entire uh, Obama term. Out of respect. Out of respect. Right. Well, you had to follow the federal law. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, (laughs) What do I want to do? Go to jail? (laughs) No, you can't have any presents. Right. It's only happy holidays in this house, kids. Can I just say one thing about this that's interesting? This is the the final ad from Mr. President this year, and look how little he's done to try to move away from talking to his base only. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fascinating to me. I don't think it's going to get any better in. either. Right. I think it's going to be an entire presidency. He has done nothing. And the only question now is uh, how early into 2018 do we get some more indictments from Robert Mueller? Oh, that's just wishful thinking, maybe. Ah. <laughs> uh, that would be a Merry Christmas, right? Merry Christmas, Brad. Great to see you. Merry Christmas, Evan. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Bill. And to the whole gang here, Merry Christmas. And all of you have a great Christmas, a great New Year's. We will see you early in 2018. This Have a good one. is the Bill Press Show. Our-